Well, good morning, Victory. Would you open up in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1? I want to speak to you this morning what a topic that I believe is critical. I believe it is very important. I cannot overemphasize it. And it's regarding uh, what we believe about the Word of God. Or could I say it this way? That we believe that the Bible is the Word of God. I've entitled my message, Believe It or Not. Believe it or not. I saw a bumper sticker many years ago that said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. But I think there's a better way to say it. God said it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. Isn't that true? There is no other book like the Bible in all of the world. There will never be any other book like this book, the Word of God. As followers of Christ, we believe that the Bible is the inspired, infallible, and authoritative Word of God. It is not man's opinions nor man's philosophies, it is not on par with any other book. This book is like none other. It stands alone in the annals of history. Why is this topic so critical? I want to show you a couple of images uh, that was some polling that was done among millennials. Millennials uh, you're a millennial if you were born between 1980 and 1994. How many millennials do we have here this morning? That means you are between 25 and 39 years old. Raise your hand. Amen. Some of you wish you were. But this, this was some polling that was done among millennials. Why is this important? Because millennials make up the largest segment of our population. They just overtook the baby boomers, which I am a part of. Uh, baby boomers are between 55 and 75 years old. And they just overtook that segment in our population, uh, 73 million Millennials to 72 baby boomers. Now, I want to show you a, a, a chart of the polling that was done among millennial, Christian millennials, and what their view of the Bible is. Can you put that one up? This is practicing Christians. Now, I, I should preface it, not just people who say they're Christians, but millennials in the age group of 25 to 39 that's, that are practicing Christians, they have a high view of Scripture. 96% are more likely to believe that the Bible is the Word of God. It is their top source for moral truth. 39%. 96% say the Bible contains everything a person needs to know to live a meaningful life. So, so that's the good news. That's the good news. Now for the bad news. This is non-Christian. The next one is non-Christians, millennials, non-Christians. And this is the top five words, non-Christian millennials. Again, 
This is a large, the largest segment in all of our, 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 our country. And these are the words they use. 50% say it's a story. 38% say mythology. It's a myth. 36% say, say it's symbolic. Or These are the five words, so those percentages will not add up to 100, but these are the top five words. 30% say a fairy tale. 30% say it's historical. Now, 6 and 10% have a low view of Scripture. They have a low view. They do not place it in high uh, priority or significance in their life. 6 out of 10. So if you do the math, 6 out of 10 uh, uh, of 70-something million, that's like 40-something million. Low view. But, but you know what really is striking and really is, is revealing? 62% have never read the Bible. They have never read the Bible. So that in itself shows you the problem. They've never read the Bible. So that is serious. This issue is critical. It is an issue... For those who don't know Christ personally, they do not believe, a majority of young people today in that category do not believe that this is God's word. Now listen, you here this morning, if you don't fit into that category, you are not exonerated or exempt. You need to hear this message. Because the other issue is those who do know Christ, Christians who believe the Bible and they believe it's the Word of God, but they don't read it regularly or know it well. Hello? You see, this is the book. This is the book. Capital T, capital B. B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. This is the book. We trust in. We build our life upon. Again, we believe it is inspired by God, meaning God breathed into his life, into it, his word into it. He did use human vessels, but he superintended and oversaw the, the communication of his word that, that he inspired. It was infallible. He, he, he used men, but he made sure that, that his word was clearly communicated and it is inerrant without error in the original manuscripts. How many of you believe the Bible is the word of God this morning? How many of you know the Ten Commandments? Some of you raised your hand. I won't have you stand up and recite them. How many of you know the 66 books of the Bible? Pastor Lisa, quickly, would you come here? How many of you know the, um, the, the 27 New Testament books of the Bible? Pastor Lisa is going to teach you a song on, on the New Testament songs, right on the spot. Here you go. Hello. My fault. Yes. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts and Romans and Corinthians, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, Peter, Peter, John, 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 Jude, and Revelation. 
<laughs> you see, when we were young, we learned these things. Amen? Um, I, I, I heard someone do a rap to, to, the, to the whole Bible, and I thought of learning it, and then I thought better. Uh, trying to rap, I don't know. Why We say we believe in the Bible as Christians. We say we believe, but unfortunately, we are unfamiliar with it. We're not sure why we believe it is the Word of God. You see, I want you to understand something, and hear me, please, hear me clearly. There is and will always be an assault on this book. There will always be an assault on truth. Culture, TV, movies, sitcoms, social media, schools, colleges, universities attack the Bible to one degree or another. Christians, churches, and the Bible are mocked. They are mocked as outdated. You are considered ignorant in some places, to believe in this book as the Word of God. In our culture, all that is more, all that is sacred and holy is routinely profaned, laughed at, and trampled underfoot. Today, I want to counter the attack. Today, I want to help you know why you believe that the Bible is the Word of God. I also want to fortify your faith and help to sanctify you with God by knowing the Word of God. Look with me in Luke chapter 1. I just want to read a couple of verses of Scripture to you. When Luke began to write his account of the life of Jesus, Luke wrote more than half, almost half of the New Testament. I know you think Paul, Paul wrote more letters, but Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke and also the Book of Acts. So he covered many more pages just because of the, longev the, uh, the longness or the, the expanse of his writings. Uh, the Book of Luke, 24 chapters. The Book of Acts, 28 chapters. So now Luke as he writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I want to show you, verses 1 to 4, how, how he started his writing, because it's critical that you understand who Luke was and, and how he wrote, again, the Holy Spirit, God superintending, God uh, watching over and, and, and using the human instrumentality of his word, of, of his servant. Luke chapter 1 Listen to what the Word of God says. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a, narr a narrative of those things which are most surely believed among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the Word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, listen to how he writes, having had perfect understanding of all the things from the very first to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were 
instructed. You see, Luke thought it was important enough to start his gospel off with the assurance that his account of the life of Christ was thoroughly investigated, researched, cross-referenced. Now, Luke, he didn't just Google a couple of references and then write it down. He didn't just Google. Some of you will look at me. I didn't know they had Google back then in this first century. Luke was a first-rate historian. Sir William Ramsey, who was an archaeologist, he had read the book of Luke. He was not a believer. He had read the book of Luke. William Ramsey is his name. He was an archaeologist who had studied archaeology in the Holy Land. He read the book of Luke, and he, and he saw all the references that Luke made to places and uh, uh, titles of people, geography and history, and, and he said, this man is, he, he's wrong, he's, he's missing it. So he researched it, and after careful research, William Ramsey said this, he was a renowned archaeology, archaeologist, he said, 30 years of study and research, Luke should be placed along with the very best and greatest of historians. Luke should be considered a first-rate historian. In the book of Acts, Luke mentions 54 cities, 39 countries, and 9 islands. All of them are historically accurate as we look back in retrospect. You see, culture and society would want us to believe truth is relative. But we believe today that there is truth in the Word of God. That this is not just part of truth or a truth, it is the truth truth. But culture would have us to believe that truth is relative. What do we mean by that? When we say truth is relative, what people believe is that what's true for me might not be true for you. What's true for you might not be true for me. Truth, those who, who believe in, in, in moral relativism or, or truth is relative, they will say that truth is whatever you want truth to be. I have to say with an, an, an emphatic no in all caps, exclamation point, with fist pumps and thumbs up, that no, the word of God is objective truth. God wrote this book. His book. It is the book of God. John 17, 17. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. In John chapter 18, when Jesus was being tried before Pilate, Pilate asked him, he said, are you a king? And Jesus said, I am a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. And Jesus would go on to say, for this reason was I born, that I would bear witness to the truth. And Pilate asked the question that culture asked today, what is truth? But unfortunately, it seems that Pilate didn't stay around long enough. He wasn't focused enough. He didn't really sincerely want to know. He asked that question and he turned away. What is truth? Thy word is truth. So this morning... Let's shift in gear a little bit. Are you ready? Turn to the person next to you. Say, are you ready? 
Tell them if you're not, get ready. So how do we prove it? You see, it's one thing for the Bible to say that the Bible is the Word of God. It's one thing for uh, the writers of the Scriptures to say, yeah, this is the Bible. That's called circular argument. That's called argument. Anybody can say that their book is the book of God and their writers can say that. So, so let's go a little deeper. What are the most common objections to the Word of God? The most common objections to those who do not believe that the Bible is the Word of God, one is, you've probably heard this, the Bible is full of contradictions. Have you heard that? The Bible contradicts itself, so it can't be true. Really? Show me. People say that again, and a lot of people say that they've never read the Bible. So, so in all fairness, understand that the Bible is the most scrutinized book in all of history. Yet historically, geographically, uh, geographically archaeologically, it has refuted every one of the so-called contradictions. Greater minds then you and I have tried to destroy, discredit, eradicate the Bible unsuccessfully. Communism, atheism, atheism. Humanism, all have given it their best shot. The Bible still stands the test of time. So the question is, are there supposed contradictions? Yes. Supposed. Such as... The resurrection of Jesus, when you look in the Gospels, one, one writer, Gospel writer said there were two angels at the tomb. Another Gospel writer says there's one angel at the tomb. There it is, it's a contradiction. Explanation, or one plausible explanation, very simple. The different writers had different perspectives of what they were writing about. They didn't say there was, the one who said there was one didn't say there was only one, one that he focused on. Now, now, now let me just kind of backtrack a little bit. If the Bible was written by man, after all these hundreds and thousands of years, don't you think they would have caught that thing and rewrote it? Oh, it's a contradiction. Let me get this out of here. If anything, any supposed contradiction, now this might sound illogical to some of you, but any supposed contradiction is actually a proof that the Bible was not written by man but by God. Because if man wrote it, they would have rewrote it. They would have taken out the supposed contradiction. Another supposed contradiction is uh, when Jesus healed Bartimaeus, the Bible says there were two blind men, and, and one author said that Bonab it was blind Bartimaeus. Again, it was the focus, it was the purpose of each author. They had different purposes in writing, so they focused on what was, what was important to them. Again, any supposed uh, discrepancies or contradictions have nothing to do with theology. It has nothing to do with main doctrine. In other words, it does not affect a person's salvation. But as you dig deeper, you will come to and be able to find out some explanations as to what was going on. Some places in the scriptures, the numbers of tribes or numbers of, uh, of people in a tribe or people in a group that returned to Jerusalem at one time, they might be different numbers in different books of the Bible because one was counting the total, the other was just counting men. 
any variance that might be in the scriptures, if it's a period or a spelling or a word or a name, there's not a single variance that changes anything of major doctrine or theology. A, a Yale University scholar, as he studied the manuscripts of the New Testament, manuscripts are the handwritten copies of the Bible from, from hundreds of years ago. He said that they, and he's not even a believer, he's just doing uh, uh, research and coming to uh, an honest conclusion. He said 99.5% of the manuscripts uh, compared to what we have today are accurate. Another, another uh, uh, supposed uh, uh, argument against this being the word of God is the Bible has been tra translated too many times to be reliable. Have you heard that? Oh, this has been copied over and over and over again. Now understand, the Old Testament was written in what language? Hebrew. Small little sections in Aramaic, but Hebrew, the Old Testament. New Testament was written in? Greek, the common language, Koine Greek, because of the influence of Alexander the Great, the Hellenization of the, of the land. So the Greek language was the, the lingua franca, the language of the people. So the New Testament was written in Greek. So now understand, any time the Bible was translated, they didn't go from Hebrew, uh, Hebrew to German, German to Italian, Italian to Latin, Latin to Spanish. No, no. Every translation went back to the original manuscripts. It wasn't a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. It was a copy of the original manuscripts that we have. Now stay with me. You see, what critics or those ignorant of the way we got our Bible done understand is how many manuscripts we have dating back hundreds of years. Again, manuscripts are the copies of the originals as far back as we can go. I want to show you a chart. The first chart, manuscript evidence of the New Testament. The manuscript evidence of the New Testament. If you look at the author, now we're going we're to compare the New Testament with historical writings. Plato. The date written, 427 of 347 B.C. The earliest copy that we have is 900 A.D. The span between the original and the first copy, 1,200 years. It's a long time. But does anybody question the authority of his writings? No. Professors in these great universities, these doctors with all these letters after their name, will stand up and quote Plato. And also the next slide. How about Aristotle? Again, the date he was written in the 300 before Christ. The earliest copies, 1100. The span between 1400 years. But again, Plato will be quoted. Aristotle will be quoted with no question of their existence or of their writings or of the, the, the validity of their, the manuscripts. And you know how many copies we have? 7 and 49. Next, Homer. Same thing. Now we're, we're, we're closing the gap a little bit. Now I want you to look. I want you to see the New Testament manuscripts. Date written. 500 to 100 A.D. is when the, the New Testament writings from uh, Matthew to Revelation were written in that time frame by the apostles or close, those close to Jesus, those traveling with Paul. 
The earliest copies, 130 A.D. We, the originals were written 50 to 100. This is the apostles writing it themselves. The copies of those originals, only 30 to 80 years span in between. Now I want you to see, look how many copies we have. 24,000. So what am I trying to say? The, 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 the manuscript proof for the New Testament blows away, blows away without question, blows away the competition, if you will. Some of you need to get your phone out, and I'll get out of the way and take a picture of that. Hello? Don't write it all down. I learn when I'm at meetings and I'm in places, I, I just take pictures of the slides. Come on, use your head. Don't work harder, work smarter. The Bible is the Word of God. How about the Old Testament? How does the Old Testament measure up? I want to explain to you something so phenomenal. Listen to me. One of the greatest archaeological discoveries in the Holy Land, if not the greatest discovery, is what's called the, 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 the scrolls in the Qumran Caves. Now listen, Israel is, is a small nation in the Middle East, the Holy Land, and in the southern part is the Dead Sea. Around the Dead Sea, what call, uh, the Qumran, uh, Qumran Caves, mountains. Here's the story. In 1948, there was a, a shepherd boy who was caring for a sheep, and he lost a few sheep. So in these caves, as he's calling, looking, and trying to find his sheep, he throws a rock into a cave to startle the sheep, to get them to run out. He throws a rock into the cave. Now this is, you look it up, uh, Qumran Caves, the Dead, Dead Sea Scrolls, they're called. He throws this rock into the cave, and he hears a crash. Pottery was shattered. What that ended up being was the writings of copies of every Old Testament book, not just the, the scrolls or the Old Testament books, but there were prayer books, there were history books. But every, every book, there are, there are uh, fragments and parts of every Old Testament book, 39 books except Esther. Every copy, because they were written, they were copied by a monastic group called the Essenes. Some of you, I hope you like history this morning because you're getting some history, and if you don't, it's still good for you because it's Bible history. Or, or church history. This, this community called the Essenes, they had a monastic group. They, they were, the Essenes mean they were separatists. They came out from the established religion that was apostate and ungodly, and they wanted to live these holy lives, so they went to the Dead Sea area, and they began to live in this community, and, and they worshiped God, they prayed, and what they did was they felt that they should copy scrolls of the Old Testament. So, so these scrolls were, were in, in these caves, which, which it was dark, it was dry, and it was arid. That's all good because that protects these parchments that were literally hundreds of years old. Now listen, these, these scrolls were, were, were written a um, hundred years before Christ. They were found in 1948, so you're talking over 2,000 years 
They had copied the ancient scrolls of the Old Testament. As I said, a copy of every book. But the book of Isaiah was in totality, was a complete scroll. Now listen, this book is on, was on display in, in Israel. We saw, actually we saw a copy of this because the original is too delicate. It can't even be exposed to light because it will just disintegrate. So here's the, here's the conclusion of the matter. The copies that we had of the Old Testament dated back, uh, we had dated back to 900 A.D. So, so when translators translated the Old Testament, they had copies from 900 A.D. or 1,100 years ago. These copies go back to 10, 20, 30 B.C. So how long of a span is that? Almost 1,000 years between the copies, now you're saying, oh, the Bible's, the Bible's been copied so many times and over the years and there's too many copies and who knows what's right. But now listen, the thousand year gap, what we had from 900 A.D. to 100, basically say 100 B.C., the book of Isaiah was put next to what we have and it was exact. It was Almost perfect. Maybe a letter, maybe a comma, but, but any, any difference has nothing to do with the unity and the totality of the message of the Word of God. You ought to give God praise for that amazing, amazing discovery. Another, another uh, 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 argument is there is no evidence that the Bible is any different from other sacred texts. Have you ever heard that? The Bible's no different. Yeah, the Bible might be a good book. It might be a holy book. It might even be a God-inspired book. But you know what? There's a lot of other books that are inspired by God. Wrong. Although we respect, listen to me, although we respect everyone's beliefs, although we respect and love everyone, the Quran, which is the book of Muslims, the book of Mormonism, which is the church of the Latter-day Saints, Buddha's writers, Confucian's writings, Jehovah Witness Bible, it is not on par with this book. How can you say that? How can you say that in our culture? You know, I'm smart. I can Google things. There's a lot of things on social media and Facebook that sound pretty good. I'm sorry. This is the book of God. God left us a book, and this is it. So how can I say that? Well, the, the Bible is from any other book, you know why? It's radically different because it is, it is different than other sacred texts because it, like other sacred texts, it has history, it has law, it has poetry, it has narrative. You know where the Bible differs from all the other books? You know how it stands apart? Prophecy. Prophecy. Hundreds and hundreds of prophecies. Future events concerning Israel, the world kingdoms, the coming of the Messiah... There are hundreds of prophecies made hundreds of years before the actual event. Just for instance, 300 unique prophecies regarding the Messiah that have already been fulfilled in Jesus, his first coming. 300 prophecies! A calculus expert said the chances of those 300 prophecies being fulfilled in one, purpose, one person as they were in Jesus is almost astronomically impossible, but if you were to put a number to it, it would be the number one with 24 zeros after it. The Bible prophesies where, how, why, to whom Jesus would be born. 
That was just by chance. Again, uh, they, they, they wrote that after the fact. No, it was hundreds of years before. 700 years concerning the prophecies of Isaiah. 500 change concerning Micah and other. And I can go on and on. One person gave this illustration. They said, there's a better chance of a tornado blowing through a junkyard and assembling a 747 plane to the nut and the bolt. Another person said it this way. It's like someone handing out 50 pieces of paper and asking everyone to rip it any way they like without telling them the purpose and then collecting them all and then when you collect them all, they fit perfectly into the map of the United States. Those are the chances of 300 prophecies being fulfilled in one person, except it be the sovereign work of a holy God. Come on, if you're going to clap, really clap. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, if we could have that verse. Look what, the, look what Peter said. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesties. In a court of law, you don't, you don't, hearsay doesn't go too far. He said, she said, don't go too far. Eyewitnesses are what counts. The next verse, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Next verse, and we heard, and we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on that holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. Next verse. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is, is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. If they were not moved by the Holy Spirit, no man could have written this book. The only explanation is that it was inspired by God. Second, Second Timothy chapter 3. All Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped or complete, thoroughly, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture. The Bible is a wonderful book, but understand something. It's not just one book. It's 66 books. 39 Old Testament, 27 New Testament. Listen to me. Written by over 40 authors. Over a period, they, they lived over a period of 1,600 years. Three different continents. Three different languages. Yet there is one constant theme and story about the redemptive love of God for mankind. You cannot get three people in this room 
to come up with a story that gels, that blends together. But the book, this book that I hold in my hand, 66 books, over 40 different authors, three different continents, three different languages, all walks of life. You had kings, you had doctors, you had farmers, you had, you had common people, fishermen, you had all kinds of people over this period of time, and they all wrote in a unity. They all wrote in a oneness of purpose, in a oneness of reading, that we might know the love of God and the purpose of God for our life. Can you say amen? amen. As I begin to close, there are other arguments that could be used to prove that the Bible is the word of God. I don't have the time nor the space this morning. But if you are sincerely and persistently desirous to know God himself will confirm to you that this book is in fact his holy word. We at Victory, we encourage you to read the Bible. Don't take what I say as the final authority. Only as I preach the word of God. Only as I declare the scriptures. I want you to be so astute, so clever, that you're able to compare what I say with this book. And if it don't line up, you spit it out. If it don't line up, you don't listen to it. But as long as this, it's in this book, I have a moral authority to declare to you, thus saith the Lord. Every morning, my wife and I, we get up and we, we read God's word. We do that because we understand it's God's word. We need the truth in confusing days, in perilous times. We need a sure foundation. Man's opinions, social media, what they say on the news will not see you through the storms of life. You need God's holy word. We, we have these for sale. Listen, this is not a fundraiser. Sometimes we lose money on what we sell around here. Um, we don't do this to, to raise a couple of dollars, 38 cents. We believe God will speak to you to give and tithe. We, we, don't, we don't use these as fundraisers. We do lose money sometimes. Sometimes if a book is $15.95, I say sell it for 15 We don't want to worry about change, a dollar. And, so you understand that. But I'm passionate about you getting a tool, something to help you to read through the Bible. I just finished my Through the Bible Bible this morning. Now, before you think I'm so spiritual and so holy, I started mid-2018, so it took me a year and a few months. It don't matter if it takes you a year and a month, a year and two months, a year and five months, but get through the Bible. Read the Bible. Oh, Pastor, you don't understand. I don't have the time. You make time for what's important to you. Get out your phone again. Come on. Humor me. Get out your phone right now. I want you to go to settings. Get out your phone. Come on. Get out your phone. Go to settings and, and scroll down two, four, six, eight, nine, nine lines. Screen time. Click on that. Come on. Click on it. What's your screen time? Somebody want to humble themselves? Tell us how much you're on the phone. Uh, screen time. I'm going to come and look at it. How much time? An hour and 22 minutes. What's the average? Some of you know, on, on Sundays, I think it gives you the update on your on notification. How many, how many, what's your average for this past week? Come on, just confess. It's good for the soul. Yes. 
An hour and nine minutes, that's an average or that's just today? How did you do it today? You've been in church. But think about it seriously, folks. Think about we can spend an hour. Today, some of you are going to watch a football game for three hours. Do you know in a football game that lasts three hours on TV, do you know how many minutes of actual playing time? 15 minutes, 16 minutes of actual playing time. We will spend three hours watching a game that only takes 15 minutes to play. Oh, I know it's, I know it's an hour, four 15-minute quarters, but the actual play time where something's happening, but we can't take 15 minutes a day. You can get through the Bible 15 minutes a day. And again, no guilt, no condemnation. If it takes you a month, and a year and a month, a year and two, some people never in their whole lifetime read through the Bible. So we, we have these. I, I, I've got a few different Bibles I use. Oswald Chambers, he has a little devotional, breaks it down, Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, Proverbs. Why does that help? It's just a tool. Because some people read the Old Testament, they get stuck in it in Leviticus, and they give up. But if you have something that gives you a little bit of the New Testament, a Psalm and a Proverb, it gets you through those difficult Old Testament sections. Amen? Come on, let's read the Word of God. Believe it or not, this is God's Word this morning. Whether you believe it or not. You say, I don't believe it. You say, I do believe it. My question is, do you practice it? You can say, I don't believe in, the, in gravity. I don't believe in gravity. You can go up to the toilet, one of the tallest buildings like the Empire State Building. It's 104 floors, I believe. And you can say, I don't believe in gravity. And you could jump out of that building, and about 50 stories down, someone could look out and yell, how's it going? And you could say, so far, so good. Because you haven't felt the effect of gravity yet. Yet. See, you've got to understand something. God, listen to me this morning. Turn to the person and say, get off your phone now. Now you've got to listen to the pastor. You've been on your phone a long time. Come on, I can see. i got a good view. I can see all of you. I don't care where you're sitting. You could say this morning, well, I don't believe in gravity. I don't believe this is the word of God. I don't believe, well, I believe it, but I'm not practicing. You know what? God gives us all free will. And we can do our own thing. We can deny the truth. And get away with it for a long time. We can deny it. And we, can, you know, we can deny this book. And you know what? You could, you could deny it. You could live against it. You could, you could disobey it. And you'll get away with it. So far, so good. But listen to me this morning. That's not the end of the story. One day, one day, you and I will come face to face with God Almighty. And you know what? This book will be the standard by which you and I will be judged.
Oh, don't judge me. No, I'm not going to judge you. God's word's going to judge you. Oh, don't judge me. You know, judging's not, you know, judge not lest you be judged. No, that's nonsense. Again, you don't know the Bible. And you listen to culture because you hear that on TV programs. No, God will judge the world through this book. And you want to know this morning that you believe this book, that you honor this book, that you read this book, that you know this book. Because at the end of the day, that's all that's going to matter. Would you stand together with me? Believe it or not. I want to pray. I want to ask, would you just bow your heads in just a, a quiet moment this morning as we just kind of contemplate, kind of meditate a moment and examine our hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, come, touch your people today. Holy Spirit, touch every heart. Lord, go beyond my ability, my words, and minister truth and reality and conviction to every heart here this morning. Touch every person, I pray. In Jesus' name. While your head is still bowed, your eyes are still closed, you're just examining your own heart, I want to ask you a question. Have you submitted your will? Have you acknowledged this as God's book in your life? And are you willing to build your life upon it? Listen, this is God's word. This is God's book. This has authority. We believe the Bible is the infallible, inerrant, authoritative word of God. What that means by authoritative, it has the authority for, for our life and for our conduct, over our life and over our conduct. It has the authority to speak to us and to declare and to demand obedience. While heads are bowed, eyes are closed, would you just simply with a raised hand that I can acknowledge and pray for you this morning, you say, Pastor, I, uh, what you've shared, some of it has helped me. I, I see a little clearer. I want to believe. Would you just raise your hand? God wants to help you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands are being raised. But maybe there are some of you this morning that you become complacent in your walk with God. You just, you just kind of believe it, but you know what? The Word of God is not affecting your morals. It's not affecting your lifestyle. You still live like the world. You still live like everyone else. There's not a real change. If you were to be convicted of being a Christian, there would not be enough evidence to convict you. You want to say today, I'm going to make the Bible my, my, authority, my authority, the authority in my life for conduct, for faith, for my lifestyle. Would you raise your hand quickly all over this place? This should be dozens, not, not for my sake, but for your sake this morning. There should be dozens of hands that are going up, and there should be conviction that says, you know what, the Bible's going to be my authority. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Thank God. Touch every heart this morning. Touch every life today. Father, I pray right now. Would you just pray with me all over this place? Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that what I have shared of, of the spirit and of the truth of your word would be confirmed in the life of people here today. God, show them personally. Speak to them personally so that they would know that they know that they know that this is real, that, that you do love them and you have written it down in a book, that you have provided a way of redemption, of salvation, of, of, of a ticket to heaven. 
God, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would touch hearts today, change lives today. God, another proof that you're by, that this book is the word of God is the change lives, is what it has accomplished in history and what it has done in our lives. No other book has been able to change a hard heart and change a sin-sick soul into a, a Christian, a person who lives differently. God, thank you for that power. Let that power be realized in every life today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Victory Church Podcast. Join us for worship every Sunday at 10 a.m. and for life groups every Wednesday at 7 p.m. We are located at 321 Vesey Street in Providence, Rhode Island. Have a blessed day.